Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. Hey, what is going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a great week and hope uh, appreciate you joining us. We're This is the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. This is episode 36. I am your host, Arthur Yan. And we have a great guest for you today. We're excited to talk with her and we'll jump right into it. We we really don't waste any time here. <laughs> We're going to get right into it. We're going to introduce her. Uh, she is the CEO, the founder of Nest DC. She is in property management. She manages actually over $2.5 billion worth of property in the DC and Philadelphia areas. Her name is Lisa Wise. Lisa, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Arthur. Thank you for being on. And we're really appreciative of having you being on the show. Um, let's jump in. I want to talk about your your background some. It, it So from what I hear, you grew up in rural Idaho. Uh, what was it like growing up there? And how did you get to where you are now? Well, I grew up all over the Western mountain states and moved quite a bit. I lived in 23 different spaces by the time I went to college in 1990. And that that kind of housing insecurity and, and really bouncing around led me to wanting to work in the home space and thinking about a entrepreneurship as a pathway to building security for myself, but also looking at how I might influence and impact the housing community um, and the housing space to help other people live more secure and happy lives. So I believe that managing property and the residents in those properties is a strong and great responsibility. And it's a privilege to be there to help people have a great life. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so you grew up, you had, you already had an entrepreneurial spirit in you, right? So you just found this drive to, uh, to do something with it. And this is what you did with it. But what um what really inspired you i guess to to go down this pathway well pretty much exactly what i said which is to build security for myself and to build security for others uh, in that housing space i really like working with tangible assets um i like working with my hands uh, i i really enjoyed uh labor frankly uh, i i i pursued a nice long career in nonprofit management and policy work actually and and i enjoyed that work it was very purpose driven and that was very aligned with my interests overall but i also understood that i wasn't sure i was making a difference in people's lives uh, at least not in a, in the near term and and i enjoyed doing something and looking back and saying oh great that was done so it was i patched roofs and painted rooms and tiled floors and did all the things that one does when they're trying to improve a property, I found that very satisfying working tactically with my hands. And I don't get to do that work anymore. Um, but it did help me develop a very strong appreciation for and affection for folks that work in the trades, which has been one of our secrets of success is having in-house maintenance and delivering the best possible maintenance experience for residents, because that's when you're truly a good property manager is when something goes wrong in the home. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's a obviously it's a huge piece of it, and it can it can definitely get to a point to where you know sometimes maybe you're dealing with a property that's a little bit more of a pain than others. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you do you work with residential and commercial properties. Is that right? We do 95% residential. And when we do manage commercial property, they tend to be triple net and they tend to be in mixed use developments. We're in an urban environment. So it is it is not atypical for, for new developments in particular to have a restaurant on the main floor or uh, some, you know, some other retail use. We don't have to do a lot of interface with those particular commercial clients because they're responsible for the space on their own. Residential is different. You have more responsibility in caring for that property and for that resident. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, what what are some things that you have run into throughout the the, the course throughout these years of, of managing these properties, residential, I guess, especially in, in urban areas? What are some some common things you run into as far as upkeep issues? We're very choosy about what we slide into our portfolio and curating a portfolio of really A-class property with some B in there has been our secret to success uh, and keeping the flow of work less about the drama and more about the proactive approach to managing property and personalities, frankly, it's very easy to manage property. It's one of the simplest things in the world. It's hard to manage the people that are ultimately holding the purse string or people who don't have a sense of, you know, things happen. The dishwasher will break. Uh, the leak, the roof will leak. These things just, they just happen in life and we are here to help resolve that. Um, but I think as the stress during and post pandemic has settled in and uh, folks are increasingly stressed over the economy and other, other, other external factors that really have nothing to do with us, we all know that customers can escalate quickly over things that really is, they're not that significant. And I have to remind my team this is just one moment it's going to pass and you're going to forget about it. And we're just going to get this person settled and move on. Um, but I, I think that's one of the bigger challenges in being in the property management space is managing personalities. The property management part, again, is very simple. Um, if we had the budget and resources we needed to care for and maintain those, those properties to our particular standard, it would be a breeze. Uh, but we we have to negotiate because the interest of the resident may not be compatible with the interest of the landlord, may not be compatible compatible with the interest of the property. Um, and when we have clients whose, manage, whose property we manage that aren't aligned insofar as they want to provide the, the best quality housing possible, and they really want to reduce spend and not take care of those properties, we have actually asked them to exit the portfolio. Um, the resident, it's a recipe for frustration for everybody. Uh, and we need and want clients to say, we're a premium property, we're with a premium property management company, and we want our residents to have a premium experience. And when everybody's sort of set up for that, I think you have better outcomes. Yeah, well, that's a great way to lay it out. And I feel like, you know, everybody, if, whether we're a contractor, whether we're a property manager, you know, if we're dealing with people, especially in the home and in, in their residence, we're going to be dealing with a lot of different personalities. We're going to be dealing with a lot of different, um, I guess you could say, temper levels and yeah. uh, and use the word escalate. And I think uh, the best word to use for, for our end is de-escalate. I mean, we've had to go through a lot of those situations, but we, we're all people. We all have uh, frustrations. And so I, I really like the way you laid that out, Lisa. Um, now, and, and kind of transitioning from that, you are big on 
putting people first, uh, not only as your your customers and your homeowners or your property, I mean, your tenants, but uh, you also put your people first as far as your, your staff. Um, and you like to call them your team members. So tell me some of the ways that you like to to implement that and putting them first and into delegating tasks and that kind of thing. I'm a servant leader through and through. So I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. My job is to support and empower my team to do their best possible work and to feel as rewarded and as successful in doing that as possible. Um, they need resources. They need the ability to make decisions. They need uh, to be coached and encouraged to be empathic. I can't ask a team to be empathic when I can't offer the same. Uh, we want people to feel enabled to do their best work. And we want them to have the best possible and richest possible work experience, which means there's a lot of mobility within our companies. Um, you can take a look at what, what I've done over time professionally. And we've built a number of brands that are all designed a little bit differently, but intended to fit together like a puzzle so that we have a lot of, and I hate to use the word, but synergy between the different companies so we can support each other. That creates a lot of opportunity for my team members. I don't want to let go of talent because they grew out of the position. So let's find a new position for people. If they see mobility and opportunity and they feel embraced and cared for in the workplace, they're going to feel embraced and, and care for the people in your portfolio. And they're going to lead more with empathy. Uh, if you're If you're simply making them task oriented and transactionally oriented rather than relationally oriented, then they're going to approach the work that way. Um, and robots are transactional. People are relational. And we can we can build those relationships from the ground up. And trust is, is what is the foundation of any service-based business. We will make mistakes. So if we earn the goodwill early and often, then the mistakes will just get resolved. Uh, we're always interested in making that right and how you make it right is sometimes the best test of any professional. Um, but we do want to buy some goodwill when people are like, yeah, we, you know, we understand that things can happen. We're all, we're all subject to the same complexity of the world as our residents are and our clients. So um, buying that goodwill, I think is important. And you get that by investing first in your team. Yeah, very, very well said. That's such a, it's such a kind of a no brainer to think about as a business owner, but so many business owners don't. I mean, they they feel like, why are people leaving? Why do I have trouble with retention? You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of it is just, you know, empowering your employees more, empowering them, calling them your team members, calling them your coworkers, uh, and then and, and obviously giving them accountability that that they need and deserve to thrive. So I, I love all of that part of your philosophy, Lisa. Um, I want to touch on your book. You've written a book. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about it and where people can find it? Sure. Uh, I wrote a book. Uh, um, it's called Self-Elected, How to Put Justice Over Profit and Soar in Business. And it makes a really strong case for using a purpose-driven lens. And from in my case, justice was my orientation to frame, build, and run a company and a family of companies that care about output, not only for the residents, but for the community, for the for the environment our team members, we touch a lot of people and business owners are more respected and trusted than politicians. So then what is our responsibility as business owners to do what we can to build them a more robust, sustainable and thriving community? We work in communities and we manage communities, but it's, it's not often that people in the property management space use the word community favorably. Uh, they think of it as an entity. I manage this community. Well, well, you are part of a larger community that has embraced your company and helped you thrive not only as a business owner, but helped your team members thrive as well. This kind of approach to business differentiates us uh, and differentiation is a strategic advantage. 
people might look at, well, if I focus too much on purpose, it will it will dilute or diminish the, the ability for my company to execute well and deliver the experience that actually produces margins. But I would say, turn that upside down, start with purpose, give customers an opportunity to say, I wanna do business with you because you represent my values and or you're supporting a community that I'm part of and that's where I wanna invest my consumer dollars. Um, that a lot of people will, you know, that, that I don't want to go on a detour down that path, or I don't want to offend my client base by being political. I live in DC. Being political is part of the fabric of being in this community. <laughs> it, being purpose-driven or justice-oriented is is as easy as just creating good jobs and paying people well and servant leadership and saying, you know, I can invest $100,000 in Facebook ads and digital marketing strategy. And you can say, oh, that's justified. But what if you took half of that and reinvested it in your employees? And those team members say, I'm I'm invested in and interested in this company growing and thriving because everybody's doing marketing for you all day long, whether you think they are or not. And it could be negative marketing. <laughs> the I'm burned out. I don't want to get back to this person. Too bad your toilet. You know, there are a million things that can that can just inspire people to give up in any given day. So what are you doing to keep them in that conversation and keep them in the game? Um, and that's what it's like to be a justice-driven organization. We all signed up for, for liberty and justice for all. I get the chance as a business owner impacting the hundred plus employees that I have and team members that we have um, and the people that we touch, the thousands and thousands of residents. If you think about uh, how many people's lives that we're in and out of all day long, that's a great opportunity to make a difference in the world. It and really that is. <laughs> really tells that story. Uh, the book tells a story about how I find my found myself in this role, running a company uh, that takes care of people in their homes. And without any business background, I have a film degree uh, and just learned all of these things on the go. And, and I've been very successful. And I think part of that is because I didn't have a formal business education and because I didn't know any better and just started companies without really knowing how to run them. And then over time, I think I got very good at it. And I attracted really strong talent that stayed with me for a long time to say, we're in this with you, Lisa. We want to see this dream come true. And they've they've done incredibly well professionally and otherwise. They've learned a lot. And we've grown together. Um, that book is about all of all of that Um company design, it's part memoir. And then there's there's a how-to component. How do you build a company that differentiates itself? How do you practice servant leadership? And how do you stay in a business environment where you're nimble all the time? That's a startup lens. So if we look at the lean startup environment and say, how are you operating your company so that if something's not working, you're feeling comfortable saying, okay, we're going to stop doing that and move on. I talk about Abbott Exchange. Abbott Exchange is a payer tool that we plugged into one of our business units and it sounded great. We were going to pay them to pay all of our bills. All the bills would go to Abbott Exchange and then all of our clients could log into that system and they get, would get pinged to trigger payment for those bills. We thought, oh, that's going to reduce paper. It's going to reduce uh, hiccups. It's going to streamline everything. But I'm, And we spent a lot of time implementing that tool and onboarding. And then in the end, what we found is, and this was for board members of condo associations or homeowner associations, is that every time they were paying to pay a bill, they were they were compelled to deny it. <laughs> so <laughs> Imagine deny that, it. right? <laughs> and then it would sit there in the queue, and then it would automatically repost for approval again. And every time it reposted for approval again, it hit our credit card, meaning we were paying triple, quadruple for one transaction cost, and, and it wasn't working. So- we stopped as quickly as possible. It's like, this was a hassle. And yeah, we invested a lot of time and yeah, there might be some costs, but do we want to throw bad money after good money after bad and throw money at the wind? 
Or do we want to just move to a solution that's going to work for our clients? Yeah, it's going to be painful, but this is going to be a lot more painful if we keep digging into something that doesn't work. That's what being a lean startup is all about. When you tie that to the servant leadership piece, and when you tie that to differentiation, then you have a more sustainable and 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 strong business model. We we just reorganized our operations because we hit a volume of of residents and clients that we just couldn't manage with the high touch that we wanted to. So get the hammer, break the model, rebuild it, um, and that's okay. It it doesn't mean you've lost your previous work. It means you're learning from your previous work to do the work better going forward. And that's a lean startup mentality. And it also isn't as expensive because you're not just throwing money at everything. You're actually being a lot more thoughtful about saying that didn't work, move on. So that's what that's about. And then why we have a good, strong justification for this politically, that uh, there are a lot of businesses that have done a good job of doing good and following in that path, I think will be one of our solutions to some of the global frustrations that we're facing, climate change among them. Wow, yeah. and. Like you mentioned, I mean, if you've got passion, if you've got purpose and and you are hiring the right people that have character and maybe you instill more passion and purpose in them. And it's just it's fantastic what you're doing, how you're putting it together, Lisa. And I really appreciate you telling uh, everything about what you've been building. It's just really fascinating. Um, now, where can people find you? What's your website and how can people get in touch with you and reach out? Uh, that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a website that is meetlisawise.com and you can learn all about the different things that I work on. Um, I have my 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 family of turnkey property management companies. I also am co-founder of a prop tech hybrid company that provides homeowner uh, property management service, just like we would someone who's, uh, who's resident occupied. Um, that's a company that's active both in Philadelphia and DC. And so we've expanded that. Um, and I've also, uh, we started a foundation in 2021 called the Birdseed Foundation, which helps uh, BIPOC homeowners with no strings attached to down payment grants. And that's been a very successful program for us with some really nice national acclaim and a lot of growth there. So I've got all kinds of things going on in my orbit and my world. Um, and I tie that thought leadership back and, and strategic uh, thinking back to and growth thinking back to the different companies and, and endeavors that I'm part of. So you can learn more about that there. If you're interested in our uh, property management for homeowners or property management in general, you can find me either at, you can just put my name in the internet searchers and uh, something will come up. <laughs> so you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And I got to ask you too, before we wrap up, um, so you obviously you've got some association with birds. You, you, you've you got Flock DC and one I personally like. You have a, a business called Nest DC. And because uh, my company is Nest Protection Plan, I really like that little, uh, that little syn uh, synchrony there. But tell us how you came up with those names. How did you come up with the name Nest? Nest was just really off the top of my head when we started in 2008. And when you have a nest, you need a bird. <laughs> so we just, and we wanted something intriguing. We didn't want a house logo. We didn't want a key. We didn't want anything that said home. We wanted it to actually pique curiosity. And that worked really well. Um, our brand, our brand identity is very strong and people are very receptive and drawn and attracted to it. Um, and frankly, you know, from a bird perspective, I growing up in Colorado, Idaho and around the Western States, I spent time with my grandmother who lived uh, on a farm in Colorado and she was a well-known watercolor artist and my best friend. And so we would 
uh, walk the farm and 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 look at the birds and the eagles and the herons and all the things that she painted. She painted birds of prey, um, and her work was beautiful. And so I I think I find birds to be inspired and inspiring. They're they're so dissimilar from us, but yet so much part of the fabric of our life. I I enjoy um, I enjoy the idea that birds soar, and we should aspire to that as well. I love that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it really just it. it it gives you that kind of uh, image of flocking together, you know, like the flock, you've got flock DC, um, birds, you know, uh, protecting each other, sticking together. So that's, that's wonderful, Lisa. This has been great. I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, thanks for being on. <laughs> and she is Lisa Wise. You can find her at meetlisawise.com. She's an author. She's a speaker. She is a uh, a property manager of over two and a half billion dollars in property in DC and Philadelphia. Lisa, thanks again. Uh, this has been another episode of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Be sure to check us out next time and we will see you later. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSP Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes of content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.